When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Real Adventures, talking all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors for Razorback 4x4, Australia's best four-wheel drive sea covers with protection like no other. And Club Marine, need insurance for your boat or jet ski? Discover why boating's just better with Club Marine. Here's your hosts, Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood. Good morning and welcome to Real Adventures for Razorback 4x4, there's nothing like Razorback 4x4. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood here this morning to talk all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors. Redmond, good morning to you. Morning, mate. We're both uh, outdoor enthusiasts at the moment. You were down at this beautiful Wire River with a couple of we, questions yes. for you about that in a minute. Nice kids down there. I did a quick trip up to Echuca during the week to... A little bit warmer up there, just uh, not quite as luxe as you in the uh, Lotus <laughs> Caravan. We're just in the tent. <laughs> Actually, you messaged me during the week because um, we caught up for lunch. You said, "Bring in the can you bring in the uh, the blow up mattress?" And I actually refused when you asked because they are the worst thing ever created by man. And the, you know, men have created some bad stuff over the years. Yeah, but I'm not sleeping on it. Kari is, so it doesn't matter. That's all right. Then. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the, they are they are the worst invention ever. Anyone that thinks a blow up mattress is somewhat comfortable. I got a self inflating mattress, a June, I reckon it one one it is. From I reckon I got it from Anaconda. Yep. Long time ago. It's a cracker. It's self inflating, but it's actually like it's not a blow up. It's like a it's, it's got, got foam got in it. Lots of foam in it. Yeah, and it self inflates. Yeah, well, that's okay. It's got foam in it. The the well, you don't rate air. The no, the the ones that are purely Patrick, o- oxygen inflated. Patrick, not all of us are rocking around in these two hundred thousand dollar lotuses <laughs> in Lux. No, no I am saying like, this from my, from my many. It's better than the ground. From my many <laughs> camping years, you know, experience, etc. That a pure blow up mattress. You what are need the options to have then? Foam in it. What are the options? Mate, I would take a one inch thermarest or whatever it is, and you know, centimeter and a half thermarest over a foot deep blow-up mattress. They are good for one thing, and that is like gallivanting down riverways. Did you uh, bring bring it in for me, the other mattress? The one mil thermo thing? Oh, I don't have it. I have a, <laughs> have a Lotus Caravan. <laughs> <laughs> good point. How are you going with that thing? You know you towed it down the Great Ocean Road. Not the best road in the world to tow caravans, I'm presuming. And uh, Steep road, Aaron. <laughs> how's it, how's it going behind the, old, behind the old Ranger? Well, I've got a few issues. It's got, I've got a few issues. <laughs> So We're going good this morning, aren't we? <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I have to resort to taking all the water out of the caravan and taking a separate car hold on, hold in on. order to tow it legally. How much water does this thing hold? Uh, 300 litres. Quite a bit, yeah. But then you've got... So that's for weight. Yeah, but... You I... must be getting pushed around a bit on the road. Well, the yeah, absolutely. So the the balance is what it needs is definitely airbags. Yep. So what's airbags? 
I reckon six hundred bucks. So there's bucks. so there's about you can get different style of airbags, and these are a really good point for anyone that's towing boats or caravans like yourself for land cruisers or rangers. I didn't know this until we spoke during the week. You can get you can put obviously airbags in most cars, but you can obviously upgrade your car with a, um with GMC whatever they're called GVM GVM upgrade, which is what I'm looking at right. So yep. the GVM well, upgrade, which is the gross vehicle mass, it's. It's increasing that you can for the ranges you can get three eight. It's right on. It's still once you take into account payload though. Like as soon as you put someone in a car, you know you're a ninety kilos down. Or about, George about sixty with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually lighter than George. So, <laughs> so all of a sudden, it it, it leaves you very little wriggle yep. room when it comes to these sorts of things. And and because these vans. Okay. They're putting more and more indoor. Let's go back a step. So you're thinking of the GVM upgrade on your Ranger, right? Which takes you to Correct. 38. But About 10 grand. The, so the airbag comes into the conversation, like you said before, but the problem by putting airbags in, right? It doesn't increase your GVM. So you're probably no, not exactly. considering the air. The airbags will help your towing. It'll help with the, the swaying. It'll lift your ass up a bit too, and it'll make your toe a lot nicer. Well, it means that the toe ball isn't pushing down. It's yeah, you just get a balance perfectly. It's carrying weight across. Yeah, because exactly. you want the weight to be perfectly across the toe. You can nearly have it balanced on your finger sort of thing, like when you hold a cricket bat or a exactly fishing right. rod, for instance, something it's, similar. It's the exact concept. Now, with the airbags, from what I know, roughly around that six $800 mark, you can get just airbags that go in the back right. You basically bike pump. Yeah, you can have a little battery in the back of your car, pumps them up, and you can set yeah. it to the PSI, and they're about six eight hundred. Or you can have them automatically. You can I get the automatic three grand, three and a half grand. I got quoted for my it? Ram. Yep, yep. got quoted for my Ram, and they were three and a half grand because my Ram needs it sags in the ass a bit towing your big boat. But that's fine because you've got a four and a half ton car yep. rating. It's still it's still noticeable. Like you you know how I've got the tow ball adjuster yes. at the back. I what's the name of that tow ball? Because that's a good tow ball. Gen Y, I reckon it is. Yeah, but what does it do? Like so what, it's got four it's, or five different adjustments. Yeah. Well, it's actually got about 10 different adjustments because you can rotate it the other way as well. Gotcha. So you can actually turn... I've got the toe ball. It's hard to explain. You've got an L-shaped toe ball, right? And it can go vice versa. You can go L yep. down, L up. Yes. And whichever way you want to look at it. And you've got four, maybe four adjustments either side of it. Yep. And you can change the height. But so the, the heavier you have it, you can lift that adjustment higher. Yep. So, so you once higher. you take into account ball weight and it drops down, yep. the... Your your attachment isn't sitting, you know, half a foot off the ground. Even for getting your jockey wheel and whatnot right up too. So, like, sometimes you can't get your jockey wheel up because you're too low, especially on the Ranger sometimes with your may, old boat. Didn't mention this to you during the week. May have blown up the jockey wheel. You would have had a good jockey wheel on that thing too. It would have been a Fulton, I'm tipping. That's well, a pure guess. Yeah. About 800 bucks. Well, it's gone now. How did you do it? Because I... I the problem is I should have been chocking it up the whole time. I've been maxing it out to lift up the ball height every time I've used You're, it. For those that are listening too, Pat's is a big caravan, right? So this isn't a standard caravan you're pulling with a Ranger. Like we're not talking down on that car. That car's a great car. This is a big caravan. Yeah, it's about 3 one, I reckon it is. So once you take caravan. In, yeah, 100%. So once you take into account everything else, that's why... So I blow the... The way blow you the, eat, blow the jockey. The way you eat, you need to dump the dump to the toilet dump five times just to get the weight down out of the <laughs> van. <laughs> no, blow the jockey wheel out, which isn't great. Um, and and then it's got me at all right. So the GVM upgrade on the Ranger, which takes it to three point eight tons, which isn't a lot. Well, it's okay, right? It's small, it's fine. But the problem is with that, right? You can't do much else with that vehicle 
once you have that sort of um, componentry added to it because it lifts the the tray up so high that you have to constantly have weight in the tray to stop it from you know slipping and sliding. Are you resulting to the fact of saying to Marty, take the kids in the other car and close? Yeah. Correct. Because you just want to be legal and safe? Yeah, exactly right. So you have no choice. No, exactly. So a um, few issues to, to iron out, but we had a great time at Warriver. Great place for anyone interested going camping. I was so tempted to come down. I Speaking to Brad, Brad's like, come down. I was going to bring the swag down and just chuck it on the grass wherever you guys were staying. And I was so tempted. And then I didn't go because I had a bit of work. I actually worked over the weekend because it was a bit crook last week. And then I, I watched all your Instagram posts and everything like that. And I was spewing that I didn't come down. I was like, I didn't such have to a work. Good, such a good weekend of weather. It looked terrific. Yeah. Yeah. The other th- the thing that wasn't great for though clearly was the bar crossing out of the Bowen Heads River. And we know nationally bar crossings are as dangerous as it comes when it comes to boating. Um, but this was an incident that happened out of Bowen Heads during the week. This morning, two males have launched a five-meter fishing boat from the Ocean Grove boat ramp. They've headed out through the river mouth um, at Bowen Heads and come across some uh, large waves. Unfortunately, the boat has capsized as a result. Um, a 61-year-old male from Moriac, he was rescued and returned to shore. Initially, he was sitting on top of the vessel as it floated out through the heads down into Ocean Grove here. Um, he was returned to shore by three jet skis and went out to assist. Unfortunately, a 66-year-old male from Anglesey was trapped underneath the boat. Um, surf life-saving members went out and retrieved his body from under the boat. Unfortunately, he was deceased when he was returned to shore. So as sad as you could possibly ever imagine, that was Senior Constable uh, Kevin Hoare discussing the incident at Bowen Heads. So when you approach any sort of bar crossing, what are the things that you're looking at? Because I, I dare say, first and foremost, is is it safe in terms of its swell? Yeah, so we'll talk a little bit about that day and, and condolences to the family. It's it's a shocking... Absolutely it's a horrible. shocking thing. Like, it's... it. Not only for the, it is no, it's worse for them, but for all us fish shows too, it actually affects the whole community as well quite a bit. Um, it got me a little bit too because I use this entrance every day of the week. Well, not yeah. every day of the week, you know what I mean. It, yep. I use this a lot. Now, what was predicted here for Saturday? We're just talk a little bit about it. Is the swell was going to be huge? Yeah, I knew it was going to be huge. The people that I spoke to knew it was going to be huge, but the problem is the way people are checking the weather is wrong. It's not specific. It's not their fault as such. Yep. They're using an app called Willy Weather and a couple of others that are giving the wrong information for that. Well, they're giving the right information, but you're not. You can specifically well, type in the area that you're going to launch from, so, can't you? And people well, take it as a generic reading. Well, Willy Weather's just given it. Well, even the Bowen River reading was given at 1.8 meters. Yep. Swellnet, which is a surf website that I use, which is the most accurate for swell on our coast, it was given at 3.7 meters. Yeah. Okay. And that's the one I'm trying to educate people to use yep. for where we live, even right around the bloody country. It's a surf website. Yeah, they know what's going on. They know the swell. I know the others do too, but this is for some all, reason. They do give warnings that this information isn't always accurate. They do, and that's the thing that people you but don't take it literally every time. It's that's a guide. the point that I was going to go to back to. Now, I know the public don't listen to a lot of the things I say, unfortunately. But you know, when it starts with your mates not listening either, and this is a dig at half my mates too, because. When I spoke to half a dozen the night before and told them, "Don't even bother, don't waste your time, don't you're just gonna you're just gonna turn back." Yep. 
and all of them still put their boat in and drove to the river entrance and sat there and then turned back but didn't listen. I'm still, yeah. well, what have the public got chance of listening if I'm not listening to me? So if you're out there and you want to listen to me, please listen because I'm doing my best. I did a big post during the week and it went pretty good. And a lot of respect come off that post, I think, for the bar, which is what are all the ideas I was trying to get out of it. And because I don't want people to die there. I don't want more rules and regulations to come in because I don't think it needs it. Us fishos need to be smarter and educate other people on how to navigate this as such. That so, day shouldn't have been navigated by anyone, ever. So, shouldn't have been navigated. So if you are going to navigate it, though, yep. what are the things that you're looking well, for when you are crossing a bar? Firstly, when you get there and all you can pretty much see is white water, don't go. Yep. You're just not going. I don't care how good you are at fishing. I, I, I that bar, I'm good at it. I'm bloody good at that bar. I know it back. Yeah, but to people front. are I'm still going to go. Yeah, but people are still going to. Yeah. are still going to attempt to cross the bars but, at different stages. So, what are the things that you so actually look for when it's ridiculously big, like the weekend, and you, there's no gaps and there's no things like that, which don't go. There what you're trying to look for is there wasn't a safe zone, and yeah. I don't care if someone tells you are there is there wasn't. I sat down there for two hours watching this all unfold. Yeah, it was horrific. What was happening? The chopper, I was sitting two meters above the water, sitting on top of the body. Like It's just shocking. And basically, people are sitting at the mouth, doing the right thing. They are. People come into Melbourne, they check the weather report, they've got the wrong weather report, they've, haven't, they've come out and they've gone, oh crap, it's big. There was 30 boats at given one time sitting at this mouth. Just waiting. waiting yeah. Which is great. Well done. Yeah. I'll give you credit. Not including the other 30 boats, that 40 boats that have already turned back and gone home. They've already gone. How many... There was 80-plus trailers out. Do you know how many tra- actually got through the bar? I know. I saw two go through. Yep. And how they're not dead blows my mind. Yep. One of them was that close. The white water top of it broke over the top. They were vertical and landed on the engine and popped. I don't know how. That, like, they were just copping wave after. Like, I don't know how the yeah. boat isn't smashed. Yep. And I, there probably is, to tell you the truth. Another guy I know that went out, I seen footage of it on the drone footage. And unfortunately, I have seen the drone footage that... The person passing away, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later, the correct way to handle uh, bar crushing in Red's tip. Uh, it wasn't the correct way to, to, to navigate a wave. It was probably the worst possible way to do it. Yeah. But the other guys that are just going gung-ho, that's not the right way to do it either. Yeah. So when you get to a bar entrance around the country, the world, get there, observe it. Observe it not for five minutes. If it's waves, observe it for quite a period of time, 15 yeah. to 30 minutes. Yeah. The reason I say that is each set, Roughly in our waters, and I speak for my waters, have five to eight waves come through. I, I surfed this place my whole life. I only stopped surfing a handful of years ago. I understand the sets really, really well. It's five to eight waves in our sets on average. They push through in our bar, they push through, and there's different types of, of waves that roll through. We've got primary waves, we've got secondary waves, but a good way to look at it, an abalone diver actually um, posted it on my page. He's an abalone diver, and he knew the swell was going to be horrific. And he called them pounding waves. And I really liked it. As a surfer, you get those heavy, you know, those waves yeah. that really... This was a groundswell. It's a groundswell. It comes through, and this is a 12 to 14 second wave. They are so close together, and the amount of suck and pull in these yeah, waves... The, mo- the, the movement. Yeah. If you get a three-meter wave that's out there, right, and the gap's 23 seconds, you know it's just wind chop pushing through. Yeah. It's a big difference. When it's 14 seconds, it's, it's significant waves. And when you look at the live reading... I've got it in my phone. I know exactly off the top of my head. Maximum wave was 3.7, 5.9. Sorry, significant wave was 3.7. Maximum 5.9 at 6 a.m. Six meter wave. Look up right now. Six meters. That's as big as that's yeah. bigger than the telephone pole that you're looking at at the front of your house or while you're driving. That's a big wave. Now, the seconds were I think 12.8 at times, right up to our end. I think the, the next wave was 16. So there was 
Like it was pushing hard. Yeah, big time. Now, when you get there, observe it. You're going to get these lulls in waves where you, those bigger waves aren't coming. But the max, the primary waves still that were coming through, those nice waves, were still big. They were still three yeah. metres. They weren't yeah. six, but those bigger waves were six out the back. So you might get a lull of small waves or no waves, and you need to sort of time when those waves are coming. Now, when it's smaller, let's back it off a little bit. When it's smaller and there's a little bit of wave there, you can get a really good idea. You can say, all right, the set's here, and you get a lull. For, you might get a five, six-minute lull. You might get a three-minute lull. Get through. Yep. Using that 30-minute gap to actually set, set your, set, grab your... Everyone's got it for iPhone. Set your stopwatch and time the bloody waves. How long they run for and how long they stop for. Do it three sets or four sets. You've got a pretty good idea of what's going to happen for the day then. It might take you 15 minutes to do it, half an hour. And that's if you're desperate to go out. But what I don't understand is... Well, you match that with a time when you know it's fine to navigate and how long it takes you to get through from well, the start to the end. And that gives you a, a good is, indication under good conditions how long it'll take, let alone the, the poor ones and how much time you've got to get through there. This pissed me off during the week too. I had posts, five posts I've seen actually that said about navigating the Barwon River. If you want a hand, you're more than welcome to follow me out. I don't think there's a more dangerous thing than following someone out. You rock well, up they're timing it for their boat, <laughs> aren't they? <laughs> you, you time in this run, right? And you're in your boat. You're timing it. All right, let's go. The guy's behind you. He's going to be 30 seconds behind you, let's be honest. Yep. All right, you're in your, uh, your North Bank 750, right? With two 200 horsepowers. And then the bloke that you're taking out is in even my boat, for example. Yep. We'll go my boat, a six-meter North Bank with a 200 horsepower. I can't keep up with you. Yep. There's no freaking way I can keep up with you. Accelerates at a different I, rate. I, <laughs> I can't handle the same amount of chop that you can handle. I can't handle the same size waves that you can handle. I, I, I can't do that. Is different from so, well, think from of, if I start side by side with you, even though I'm a bit stupid behind the wheel at times, I'm still not keeping up with you. Even you driving the boat and you don't drive it nearly enough as me. Yep. I can't keep up with you. Your boat is a more of a weapon than what mine is. So don't navigate with someone behind someone's ass the whole way out of the river because... It's not the way to do it. The time yeah. to do that is when there's no ways. And if you just want to get a navigational line so to go out in future yep. references. A, yep. the, and, the, and the thing that's... Pro- we're running out of time, but the thing that's really annoyed me the most is why do you need to go out on that day? What, we have 365 days in the year. I understand people work in that. Otherwise, it's clean, Queen's Qu- Cliff. That's, what, 15 minutes Go away. catch the whiting for the day. Go yeah. in Clifton Springs, catch your whiting. Go get your squid. I know it's not as exciting as the tuna run, but... I just don't understand why you need to go out on that day. I'll never understand that. And you, that poor gentleman has gone out to catch a tuna. And I know he did because all these halcos and all stuff washed up on the beach. Yeah. And he's now dead, right? His family never going to see him again. And so crap. Like, it's all for a fish. Like, it's, it's really crap. So, for those that are listening and you're getting there and the swell's up a little bit, just go home. In two weeks' time, when you've got a day off work and that northerly's there and it's nicer, you can head out. So... Like, I just don't think any fish is worth it. And I harped on about it a bit here, but I'm sorry, but it's it's my waters here. And I say it's my waters because it is. It's my backyard. And I wanted people to access this. I know it very well, and I want to help educate people. So if you are wanting to cross it, do, don't hesitate to send me a message. I would love to help you out. But, of course, please, when you enter the water that I'm fishing, give it as much respect as you possibly can. Otherwise, you're going to end up upside down, especially on a day like Saturday. And when I say it's my water, it's not mine, it's just the waters I fishing, it's everyone's waters, but it's a, it's a place I'm familiar with and willing to help people. Stick around, there's a massive show of Real Adventures coming your way and hang around for the tip as well as Aaron goes into depth around crossing a bar and the do's and don'ts. It's obviously been an incredibly difficult period of our in our waterways 
uh, over the last week and our condolences obviously to the family uh, of the gentleman that has passed away. This is Real Adventures for Razorback 4x4. There's nothing like Razorback 4x4. You're listening to Real Adventures, talking all things fishing, boating, and the great outdoors for Razorback 4x4, Australia's best four-wheel drive seat covers with protection like no other. And Club Marine. Need insurance for your boat or jet ski? Discover why boating's just better with Club Marine. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's now time for the whip around for Club Marine. Need insurance for your boat or jet ski? Discover why boating's just better with Club Marine. We kick things off in New South Wales, Redmond, Batesman's Bay. The marlin continue to go nuts. We say Batesman's Bay because it's probably the pick of the places at the minute, but the Holy's Coast have fish, and it looks like the water's starting to shape up to be absolutely perfect around so many a, ports on the East Coast. Is it going to be a later summer in a sense? I mean, we've spoken so much about the... A later summer? Well, so in, terms of yet? The, <laughs> in terms of the, the temperatures and when things were going to kick off. Yeah, so it's the EAC. So it's not necessarily the air temp as such. Obviously, it does affect it around the whole country, but EAC pushes down. It's nowhere near as hot as last year, yep. and it's nowhere near as fast as last year. So it started off scary, but it's shaped up to be pretty nice. So hopefully I can sneak up there very soon. But like I said before, it, it is most ports are holding fish, have a look at Rip Chart's currents. Most of the guys that are targeting the marlin will have those currents. Or speak to places like Scotty at Burmy Bait and Tackle. He'll point you in the right direction if you're heading out of Burmy. If you need to push further north, south, Tartha, wherever it is, make sure you do take in consideration that travelling is always worth it for a marlin, especially if you can travel an hour in a car and only 15 to 20 minutes in a boat out instead of two hours in a boat. For me, the car's always the day of the week because it's much nicer on the old back. Did you see Isaac Heaney's marlin that he caught? I'm not sure whether that was he travelled up to the up to Queensland or he fished out in New South Wales but the man clearly doesn't own a shirt Aaron I have not seen him I wouldn't wear own a shirt, shirt if I look like that either he's a very good looking man that bloke have a look at that the rig on him and a half <laughs> out wide from Sydney crack a day chasing mahi 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 for fat boy fishers fishing on rising tide charters they were around that 80 centimetre mark and these are all out wide on the fats and they're on yakas and pillies so the fish aggregating devices for those playing home, the FADs, um, deployed every year by fisheries um, in a, on a state-by-state basis and we, we get less kick with them, let's be honest, in Victoria yeah, compared to other states. Yep. But particularly Western Australia and, and New South Wales, they tend to go off and mahi-mahi, one of the most probably the, species. Yeah, it's probably the fish that yeah. holds on them. And they're just an unbelievable eating fish. Super fast growing, probably the fastest out of all fish. I'm pretty sure they're up there, and they are. They are. Where was I going with it? Very sustainable too. Considering them sustainable, because people ask, you know, why do they why do they attract mahi mahi or or these bigger fish? It's because of the how the food chain works. Obviously, yes, structure. doesn't matter yeah. if it's a log in the water or whatever yeah. it is, they'll a- stick to it. Attracts, you know, your tiny microscopic photoplanktons and, and so on and so forth. Attracts bigger fish and eventually it's something that's worth fishing for. And it, they know stuff are going to come to it as well. So if the bait's not there, like a log gets in, they'll find the log and hold with it till the bait comes to it as well. Because slimy mackerel naturally pull under it, things yeah. and the like. So that's why they work so well. Uh, Queensland offshore in Bundy, there's some big trout. Big trout, red throat, cobia. Sweet lip. Sweet lip. They are uh, Red Emperor. 
big flesh baits are what work in the treat. Whole squid, cuttlefish also work in really, really, really good to get the reefies to bite. The other report, did you see there was an absolutely cracking jack caught in baffle? Yeah, not just one. There was so many. It was The reports are incredible. Big so mangrove, mangrove jack. jack out of the Baffle Creek. So it's uh, that whole Bundaberg area. It's just a it sensation for fishing, fishing isn't it? <laughs> so it's up there with Exmouth up there. It's a bloody terrific place. Well, speaking of Exmouth, let's head to the west. And only five minutes out of Frio, the snapper and flathead are going great guns, Redmond. They are, and that's just for your average punter that wants to get out and set a nice drift with some squid. Yep. It's just the average punter that wants to go out. You've got your jewfish, all those other stuff right along the coast there, and you've got all the fish out wide. But for the average punter that wants to get out and get a feed of snapper and flathead, they're just out the front of Frio. And it's really, really good fishing there. And then heading to Preston, well... Near Preston, I'm not sure if it was disclosed, disclosed exactly where they caught this fish, but 120 128 centimetre jewfish. Okay. This deserved okay. a little bit more respect than that. Uh, 28 centimetre jewfish was caught. That's a big dewy. It was caught as simple as it gets, Patrick. It was caught on a live, on a no, dead mully on gang hooks. <laughs> It's done. Has it been your best report, has it? No, that was a tongue twister there. I was, <laughs> was uh, a tongue twister. I had a little bit of stuff going everywhere. But uh, let's head to South Australia and we'll clean it up a bit. <laughs> There's been some huge blue swimmer crabs coming out of Smoky Bay. Uh, well, there's plenty of whiting there as well. Um, we'll do that right through on the squid and pippies. That was about as good as my report above. <laughs> We're going to Tasmania. Tailrace Park holding some cracking brim right now. They've been caught on salted bass yabbies. Now, I've never done that. So hang on. Bass yabby, and then you add salt just a little to bit. You just put them on a plate, salt and pepper. Crack, <laughs> crack <laughs> salt. That's exactly how it works. So, no, it's a little bit different than that, Pat. Like, well, I don't know. So you go to your local river. I'm asking you, mate. You're the expert. You go to your local river. Yes. You get your bass yabbies, pump them up. Gotcha. Then you put them in a salt brine into water with salt, freeze them. Yep. And they will salt the pilchards. It's, you know, you can buy salted pillies yeah, from yeah. the store. Exactly the same. Now, I've never done this. I've never known anyone to do this, and I'm do making it up as I go. Do they attract it's, more fish? Have you used no, salt? No, I reckon it's absolutely pathetic, salting stuff, because what it does, what does salt do? It dehydrates and sucks the juices out. It dries it out. So, yeah, taking the goodness out of the fish. I wouldn't be using salted baits. Get fresh bass yabbies. <laughs> but the salted bass yabbies worked extremely well on the bit like, that, bit like that time you they asked just, for a... Um, for salmon, and I, I gutted it for you. And like, yeah, gutted what and are you doing? my salmon for me. <laughs> Thanks, Patrick. Uh, basically, the reason people salt stuff is to get the duration out of it. It makes them a lot firmer, harder, and fish yep. will still eat it. And That's why you salt stuff. And lasts longer, I'm So assuming. much longer. Yeah. Duration of it yeah. is just incredibly longer. So it's a big flathead as well, Ribbon. Yes. 80 centimetres coming out of the St. Patrick's River. Plastics You probably own that river. <laughs> claim you do. <laughs> Patrick, <laughs> plastics have landed... Uh, a lot of the bigger fish, but obviously bait is working well. And 80 centimetres, that's sort of closing in on your metre mark territory. Which yeah, is about the, 20, metres, 20 centimetres short. Thank but you, thank you. <laughs> they are big flatted. Speaking of the big flatted, they are not 20 centimetres short. Malakuda, I've seen a few meteries this week. Yes, we like this. Just use stupid things. Use your leg, say, use your fi- hand for bait. Chuck a lure. <laughs> fishing with a small one foot. Uh, <laughs> Swim bait will do. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yellowfin swim bait. Oh, Beach fishing out of Inverloch, seen some some big whiting as well. Land base. Caught land base, which is, is that unusual? Not unusual for down there, but it's just great. Yeah. I just love seeing land based whiting reports because we just yeah. don't see enough of it. That's why it's in there. I just love seeing it. So, Inverloch is a fantastic place. Dave Meehan, the boss of Mercury, he was down there over the summer break. We should get him on and talk about his expertise down there. I had a good chat with him the other day. 
wouldn't be a bad chat there and see what's latest with Mercury. So it might be this week's guest, Patrick, or maybe even next week. Like that. Uh, McLaughlin's Beach down that way as well. Nice halls are flooded and plenty of gummy sharks also. Western Port, Whiting are on. A little bit slower ties during the week, a bit quieter, but this week coming, I'll give you the tip, they will be going very, very good, and there's plenty of tuna out of the entrance, and Chris Cassar from Cassar Fishing Charters tells me the fish are better there than my <laughs> fish. He just keeps telling me that the fish are better. So he reckons they're bigger and better, and they like eating a bit more than my fish. So Port Phillip Bay, Whiting, they're good. Calamari are pretty good throughout the bay. Plenty of garfish still, and, of course, the tuna out of the heads are prolific numbers. If you can get them to eat, well done. They've gone even harder this year than normal. I don't know yep. why, but they're pricks of things. You basically got to fish after a rough day or you're not going to get any. They've been hard. I'm trying everything. Still can't work them out, so just bear with me there. Maybe until next summer. Still the bottom fishing from that southwest of Vic, Portland, Port Ferry. Very, very good. We know it's always going to be good down there. You've got gummies, you've got nannies, you've got snapper, you've got school sharks, you've got makos, whatever it is, it's good fishing. Lake Charm. Place that I like to hang out, Patrick. The Redfin. Very charming I am. The Redfin are good. I might actually, you know what? I might say to Kari, bit of charming. Let's go to Lake Charm. Redfin are on the bite. The Biblis, <laughs> the Biblis vibes are the way to go. Ring will work. <laughs> I think it's probably time to start <laughs> wrapping up. <laughs> the Walkle holding some good yellow belly and cod also, and it's time to wrap up the whip round. That is the whip round <laughs> for Club Marine. I actually think that was very good. You, you didn't start super well, but you finished strongly. Um, for Club Marine, need insurance for your boat or jet ski? Discover why boating's just better with Club Marine. Now, you're listening to Real Adventures, talking all things fishing, boating, and the great outdoors for Razorback 4x4, Australia's best four-wheel drive seat covers with protection like no other. And Club Marine. Need insurance for your boat or jet ski? Discover why boating's just better with Club Marine. It's now time for All Aboard for Razorback 4x4, Australia's best four-wheel drive seat covers with protection like no other. And on the line today is Taco Tackle Specialist, owner-operator, Dan Spence. Morning, mate. G'day, Aaron. How you going, mate? Good, mate. Thanks very much for joining us on the show today. And the reason we've got you on is Pat, well, obviously speaking to Pat about what Taco Tackle is and whatnot, and it pretty much summed him up <laughs> because <laughs> you guys make it so much easier for people out there that are anglers and that taco word, I don't know where the name come from regarding the fishing world. Or actually, I do because you've filled me in. But it's we're not going to get into that side of it. But <laughs> the actual <laughs> idea behind Taco Tackle and what you're about to talk about is for people like Pat that want to go out and basically, I guess, buy individual products from your website. But you put stuff together, they buy them. Take us through exactly what you sort of do. That's it, mate. Um, I guess the whole concept is to to make it easier for people, not only the people getting started, but for the people that just don't have the time to, to gear up for the next season that's approaching. And we do all the hard work and, and put it all together. And they're not just kind of run-of-the-mill products that we want to get rid of. They're, they're stuff that we use day in, day out, um, and that we've used for forever. Um, and they're high-quality products too. So you you know yourself, you use the similar, similar products. That's exactly what you sort of... Uh, well, you're pretty much all about that too. You do have some, I guess, uh, everyday stuff, but you do have some top-end range right down to sort of the bottom-end range, like you've got a Frogley's offshore account, which has your atomic rods and a bit more affordable into your blue water. But then, of course, you've got your high-end rods. Take us through what they are. Yeah, that's right. So I guess a lot of the, a lot of the fishing that we do 
Um, we, we probably were one of those people who spend a little bit too much money on their fishing. And, <laughs> um, yeah, so we, we've got some, some Japanese made, um, high end kind of rods and, and lures that go with them. Um, yeah, there for the, the, the avid fisherman who, who likes, um, kissing away a few dollars when they're, when they're chasing the, the big GTs and, and tuna and that kind of stuff. Just going to take you back to the packs, so a little bit off track there. Take us through an example of a taco pack. So the whole idea of a taco, right, is basically everything's in it. You've got your cheese, you've got your tomato, you've got your mince or chicken, and, of course, your whiting that we love having in it too. But take yeah, us through Don't forget little... the sauce. So I can, can I order that online? <laughs> but... Absolutely, you can, mate. Absolutely. So what comes in uh, a taco so... pack? Give us an example. So they're all a little bit different. Um, some some packs we've tried to cater for obviously certain species and certain areas, um, and then we've tried to throw in a few bits and bobs like leader um, and maybe some clips or swivels, something like that's going to be suited to to what the the lures are in that pack. Um, we've got a we've got a range of packs at the moment to anything from from your freshwater trout and Murray cod and those kind of species. And then off to your offshore stuff with your tuna and kingfish alike. Um, and then, yeah, we're just looking to, to further develop those and, and make them adaptable for not just single areas, but for single species as well across a number of regions. We're going to get into a little bit of fishing that you do, you do but if those that are interested in checking out Taco Tackle, make sure you head to the website, tacotackle.com.au. And I might let a little secret out. There might be a little little something-something coming in the near future that we'll have to get you on where they can see stuff before they buy stuff. Sorry if I gave it away. But long, basically, uh, you love your fishing too, so that's the that's the thing that I like about it. This is a – you've got a full-time job, so you, you're a building surveyor out, outside of the fishing world, but you and your brother Correct. have got a few fishing projects. So there's a bit of a hobby and a bit of a side gig, and you're pretty passionate about it. And basically, you're fishing. You, you, that's where this has all been driven from, the making fishing easier for people, like you were saying before. But also, of course – Catching fish yourself, uh, what boat do you run and what do you like fishing for? So I do a bit of everything, actually. I grew up grew up in the country, so I cut the teeth on, on everything from, from the beloved carp out to the, the Murray Cod and the Redfin. Mm. Um, but these days, I go a bit deeper out into the blue water. Um, sometimes take my, uh, my 560 Stessel console out for a run. When the when the conditions allow me to, and when it's not too cold. Conditions is that, um, is that, is that the missus as well? Ah, uh, a little bit of ball and chain, <laughs> mate. But she's pretty good. She's getting used to it. It's worked now. So Very good. Yeah, that's right. She's, uh, she's getting she's getting used to it. And then uh, we do like to travel around a little bit as well. And um, not only not only for um, local stuff, but yeah, we like to sneak abroad every now and then as well. And find some new areas and some different species and, and test our gear out on them and test ourselves. Every now and then he's talking about trips. He's not every now and then. He's actually travelling around the country more than I am chasing fish with him and his brother on liverboards and I get sucked into him here and there too. So <laughs> There is another one coming up actually. I haven't mentioned that to you yet, but yeah. we'll talk about that later. I'm busy on that day. Well, mate, <laughs> we could talk fishing all day. You're very passionate with what you do. Like I said before, tacotackle.com.au. If you want a bundle pack, for avid fish show like Pat, for example, he's the prime example. And the reason that he was Pat asked me to get down on is to basically take you through what they have to offer, which is the small packs to cater for every fish show out there, right through to a bit bigger packs. So make sure, targotaggle.com.au. Dan, thank you very much for joining us on Real Adventures this morning.
Thanks for having me. That was all aboard for Razorback 4x4, Australia's best four-wheel drive seat covers with protection like no other. Now it's time for Red's review for Club Marine. Boating's just got better with Club Marine's boat insurance. Patrick, you are now taking Red's review for the I week. I am. Well, I had a few issues. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> why river? But, you know, whenever you're trailering stuff, stuff goes wrong, Aaron. Anyway. Yes, it does. <laughs> I, I destroyed my jockey wheel. Literally. The, how did you the, do it? You didn't actually say how you did it. Well, so I'm hitching the, tra- the trailer up to bring the car underneath. So I hitch it right to its max, basically. I have to in order to get the, um, the ute underneath the yep. hitch. And then as I do that, get the car perfectly positioned and underneath, the jack fails. The actual jockey wheel fails. Jockey wheel fails. So what happens there is you go too high and the gears Thanks, slip Aaron. off. Thank you. Because you went too high. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. This is not Reg's <laughs> Just tip, had mate. to make it clear. Anyway... <laughs> Did what you just said. <laughs> the thing... <laughs> freaking could have broke me leg if I was underneath it. Well, probably not because it was still attached to the caravan. It would have just dropped down. Uh, lesson, put a couple of trucks underneath. Other lesson, get yourself a... And I've done some research and actually got one because I couldn't get the thing off the van otherwise. Get yourself a Trail A Mate. So trail, trailamate.com.au. And what it is, is a hydraulic jack and jockey wheel. And this makes things so much bloody easier, I'll tell you right now, when it comes to uh, lifting your jockey wheel up, especially at the top end. Now, I learnt to put chocks. It only took me 12 months <laughs> of caravan ownership to do that. Typical caravan owner. Um, but, but when you're using it through mid-range, it is so much easier to lift up than yanking that jockey wheel constantly. Um, and being hydraulic, it obviously makes sense. So trailer mate is, where, is what you need to sort of look at if you're you know, at the max end of large caravans. Mine's a 20-foot Lotus Trooper. You know, it's 3.1 tonnes. I think it's about 300 kilos, 350 kilos on the ball. So it's a significant amount of weight on the ball. Um, Hence our discussion earlier in the show around airbags and that GVM upgrade. Um, But you really do need to have something that's got a little bit more shushka behind it and the trailer mate jockey wheel, hydraulic jockey wheel jack is where it's at. That was your new purchase during the week? That was my new purchase during the week. Actually, you know what? It wasn't a new purchase. It was already in the van. I didn't realise it was in there. You're an idiot. I have gone to a few different places for jockey wheels. <laughs> if anyone to wants go to go back to this, <laughs> if anyone wants more caravan advice, please send Pat a message on Facebook on what not to do. That was Red's review for Club Marine. Don't go anywhere because Red's tipped the flying gaff, and we'll wrap up the show shortly after the break. You're listening to Real Adventures, talking all things fishing, boating, and the great outdoors for Razorback 4x4, Australia's best four-wheel drive seat covers with protection like no other. And Club Marine. Need insurance for your boat or jet ski? Discover why boating's just better with Club Marine. Welcome back to Real Adventures for Razorback 4x4. There's nothing like Razorback 4x4. It's time for Red's Tip. Red's tip is coming off the back of our discussion at the start of the show. I'm just going to give you, I know we've said it multiple times on this show and we'll continue to do so while we have the privilege to do it, Pat, because anytime we're educating someone, you save a life and that's crossing a bar. And we've spoke, start of the show, 
in a bit more depth about waves and picking your, your, your time. So if you haven't, if you did miss the start of the show, I'm sure the podcast will be up the next few days. It so please, be. please listen to that on any of your smartphone devices. You can find it there. Red's tip is when you do get yourself into a situation where you're in waves, the most important thing is to keep your boat with your nose pointing into the waves with momentum. Yes. Now, the, the thing, the worst thing you can possibly do on a vessel is number one, turn your boat. So go parallel, go so, side on to this wave. Yeah. So if you get yourself side onto the wave, whether you're on the wave or before the wave or whatever it is, you, you're done. You, yep. If the wave's breaking, so what happens is momentum of the wave comes, hits you side on. What does your boat do? It naturally rocks, and it's got a shorter beam to rock. Whether if you're front on. You're in my boat, for instance. You've got six metres. On the side, you've got two metres. Yep. So it's harder to roll a boat from top to tail, to, uh, from nose to engine, than it is from side to side. So so, so you're approaching that wave head on. Now. And you, you're approaching the wave. You're absolutely cacking your dax, right? Yep. You're cacking your dax. The wave's bigger than you thought it was going to be. Holy crap, what the hell's going to happen here? Your best chance of surviving is keeping your nose straight at that wave. Do not turn and panic because you're not going to outrun that wave with a turn. And let's talk about power though. So, so you're, yep. you're hitting it head on. So You've I'm, lined up the boat nice yep. and straight. Then what am I doing with my power? I've got momentum going. I'm not going stupidly fast. I've got a bit of momentum. And as I hit the wave, I but want to push not, What's my not note. stupidly fast? It's hard. It's I, so, I know, it's I know so it's hard horses to for courses here. So yeah. I, I accelerate. But you're not doing 10 knots, are you? I'm pushing hard as anything to get to, this, to, get to the front of the wave. I'm flying at this thing. Yep. As I get to it, I pretty much come to the boat to a near-on stop. Not quite, but I've got momentum still from going. And then as I get up to it, I push my nose up. I push my nose up with the accelerator. I'm pushing so it up. So you get to your wave, then you slightly back off. Yep. And then as the, the, the nose, wave pretty much hits your yep. bow, then you're going noise again. Best way to explain it, if you've been on a beach with a surfboard and you're paddling, you paddle as fast as you can, the lip's about to break, quickly push the paddle and throw yep. yourself over the top and then stop and then relax. Yeah, because you don't want to... Hit that no, wave you, and then go flying like a Coast Guard boat. If you hit that at force, you're just going to smash everything in your boat. You yep. want to push hit it, push yourself up, and then you want to fall. You don't want to push yourself too hard where you're going to throw your nose over the top. Yes. You don't want to do that. Yep. It's nearly happened to me once in the rip. It was, it was, I don't know how I'm not upside down still from that. Yep. So push up, and we all make mistakes. We're all going to get in these situations at times in our life, and if you can get your boat straight onto the waves, it's your best chance at survival. The worst thing you can do is turn around and... I'm going to contradict myself there. I've had times where I've turned around, and but the reason, you, but that would have been because you had the time. It's obviously. an educated, it's an educated turnaround. Yeah. So I'm very, I like to say, I'm very, I understand the ocean very well, and I've had times where I've got out and I've gone, that set's breaking out there. I but don't you've had times where it. you've nearly flipped the boat. So you spend yes. every single, yes. pretty much every day now, in the boat. The key word is, and I'm going to be arrogant here. Uh, sorry, a little bit arrogant is back then. I thought I was a hero back then. I was trying to catch that fish. I was a, an idiot. I, yep. was, I was stupid. I wanted to be the person out in the rough. This is years ago. I wanted to be that person. It was all ego. And that's all the that's all people are out there for in the rough is of ego. It's, yep. oh, I caught a fish in 30 knot winds. And I did that. I was there. I honestly was. I'm long past it now and I don't give a crap what anyone else is doing. I've got no interest in that. And It's, it's all ego. It, every bit of it. And it, you don't need to be there. Yep. So it, I've had myself in more than crap situations going through that river. I've done it, and now it's so easy. So once you, you've landed on the other side, then you're back onto the noise as quickly as you can. Back so onto you want to get funnel. out of there as quick as you can. Yep. So if you've got clean water, go. Get out of there. And then you repeat again repeat for that again. next wave. Don't turn. Another thing is, if you do make the decision to turn, go. Make sure you're going. If you do turn around, which I don't recommend ever doing, unless you have the time to do it, because if you turn around and a wave lands in the back of your boat, 
you're done. Cooked again. You're done. Yep. You're filling your boat out with water. Yeah. Number one, you're full of 200 litres of water, 300 litres of water. You lose all your power, your electronics, your batteries fill up. You lose everything. Yep. So don't do it. Keep your nose into it. Don't be that person that I used to be, and I'll be honest, egotistic. You don't need to be out there. It's just a freaking fish. Who cares? Go buy tuna from Safeway. Taste unreal in the can. Yep. You don't need to be out there. Go to the bay. Catch a whiting. Catch a squid. Just come home to your family and friends because it's just, I don't want any more people going over at the Barwon Heads, Lakes Entrance, Naruma. I don't want anyone going around this country flipping boats when it doesn't happen. And, and you need to make it clear, accidents happen too. 100%. The weekend. Like this well, weekend example. Yeah. Well, it's, it's an accident, but it's an avoidable accident. Yeah. We don't need to be there. Yeah. Okay? So we don't need to be in a six-meter swell at a river at any time when there's whiting, there's calamari, there's snapper, and there's gummies in the bay. Stuff the tuna, go have fun. It's now time for the flying gaff, Patrick, and this is a good one. Yeah, well, it is. There's been a, there's a few sort of gaffs flying around this week. There was a uh, a young girl that rescued a pet guinea pig from a snake. She literally pulled the thing out of a bush and mm. started swinging the snake around her head. That was a that was a pretty good gaff. And I don't know about you, Aaron. I'm not one that's I love super brave around I love snakes. snakes. Do you? Yeah, I love snakes. I want to get a pet one. Curry won't let us. You would pick up a snake in seconds. If, not, not like your dad a tiger, but that one. That's not going to hurt you. It's just a python. Give him a pat. Yeah, I can't believe that. <laughs> uh, but the flying gaff for this week uh, heads uh, along the Monash freeway. Uh, and this was posted by the number one news breaker source in the country, Jackie Felgate. Uh, number plate curtains on the Monash. Now, number plate curtains are a curtain that automatically... Uh, fold down over the number plate when you get up to the uh, cameras that are monitoring and, and uh, what's the word, tolling you as you, you go along the toll regions. So the gaff heads to the gentleman with the curtain and you've got a slightly different take of it. Well, the other day, you and I went up to Melbourne Marine, right? Yes, we did. I probably used... My fuel, probably 150 litres of fuel in my car. <laughs> Cost me a bit. Thankfully I think you shouted me a lunch, so I appreciate that. Yeah, well, this is this is where the story's coming in, Patrick. During the week, guess what I got? You got a toll? I got my tolls from when I took you. So to end up for me doing you a favour, cost me 200 bucks. So I'm all for this because I don't know about tolls work. I don't know nothing, but I actually got two tolls because Kari and I actually went up to Melbourne the other week and somehow ended up on a toll as well. So I'm all for these number plates. Where do I get a set? I got told they're on uh, eBay. <laughs> the gaff's a good gaff. And basically, I'm going to send you an invoice for 200 bucks this week to cover my tolls because I'm only educated on tolls. I don't know how they work. I got, and they're outstanding. Too, and they said I should have went online and paid them. I didn't even know you had to go online. I didn't even know I went through a toll. So how are they outstanding when I haven't even received a letter? But they don't receive a letter. You've got to go online. But Get, you know, but you so know, but you I'll know how you, a curtain I'll, works. I'll let you off the tolls. I just want you to send me a pack of these number plates, please. <laughs> oh, on that note, it's time to close. We hope you've enjoyed the show this morning. All for Razorback 4x4. There's nothing like Razorback 4x4. We'll see you next week.